welcome to series two of Equip to Heal. I'm Alistair Mitchell Baker, and this podcast series aims to equip you and encourage you in the Christian healing ministry. Thanks for all the great uh, feedback on series one. I've got some great guests lined up for series two, and we start today with an interview with Roy Goodwin that I recorded a few weeks ago. Enjoy. Well, it's great to be joined this morning by um, Roy Godwin, uh, uh, who's had over 50 years in the healing ministry, uh, including 20 years uh, at, uh, as the director of the Flady Brennan um, Retreat Centre. And uh, Roy's also written a couple of books, which many people may have come across, The Grace Outpouring and The Way of Blessing, um, which have, I know, greatly encouraged many people um so it's really great that you're joining us this morning is there anything more you want to say about what you're doing today uh roy having moved on from the uh the retreat center well like everybody else i'm in wales so at the moment we're still in quite severe lockdown but it eases next week <clears throat> but um given what's going on with covid i'm very busy doing well, podcasts, but Zooms, webinars, uh, meeting leaders around the world, um, all without leaving my study. Yeah. And given that I think I was on 18 aircraft last year, um, to have none this year is a very refreshing change. Um, so I'm busy as usual, writing, uh, teaching, ministering, but uh, as I say, that's over the web. Um, as Roy Godwin Ministries. Right, great. And uh, if people want to know more, they can uh, find that website address. I'll put it on the link to the podcast so people are able to come in and uh, connect with you that way. Okay, so it's roygodwin.org. Great, uh, super. I'll, I'll put the link up. So, um, Roy, as we were saying, you've been involved in uh, in Christian ministry, including healing ministry for for over 50 years now, I, I, I'd be intrigued as to how you, how, how you got into this ministry. Um, what's led you into you? And, and, and what do you see the purpose of it as being? Wow. Well, they're pretty big questions. They are. Yeah. Um, in terms of the first half of the question, <laughs> I, I started preaching in village churches right. when I was 15. And, um, I, I had a real and living faith in Jesus, but I didn't come from an evangelical background. In fact, I never ever heard the word evangelical. Right. But it seemed to me that you picked up the Bible, particularly the words of Jesus, and you spoke of them as truth. And when I did, the Holy Spirit tended to come. And uh, although I was just in my mid-teens, um, there were responses from the congregation, which slightly concerned me because I, I didn't understand what was going on really. And a local minister hated my ministry. I, now I say ministry, I mean my preaching. Right. He hated it. And he called me and invited me to go and meet him. And he told me how unhappy he was with me speaking about Jesus uh, who died and is now alive again. 
And he said to me, you're, you're as crazy as somebody else I'm unfortunate enough to know locally. And through that, he introduced me to a man who then would be about 30 years old. Right. And the gap between 15 and 30 is huge, isn't it? Yeah. So um, in, in terms of perception. And we met up. And this man told me the most extraordinary story. He was a patient at Papworth Hospital in Cambridge. Yes. And in those days, it, it was a major TB place. Yes. And he was close to death. And uh, it's too long a story for me to, to, to spell it all out now, I think. But for his dying wish, he was actually taken to London um, to a meeting, I think in the Royal Albert Hall, where a famous Christian evangelist was speaking. He was wheeled in. Uh, uh, a doctor and two nurses were with him. He was wheeled in on a trolley. And when the evangelist came on the stage, he looked down and saw this man, stopped the meeting and said, I'm not going to do anything until I minister Jesus to this man. Right. And he looked to him and he said, in the name of Jesus, rise up. And he did. Wow. Right. And it was the most incredible and amazing ministry. It was reckoned that he had maybe a week to live. Wow. And it was completely healed. I had never heard anything like it in my life. Right. And it shook me and it challenged me and it made me feel very small in my understanding, which was not a bad thing. Yeah. So I needed to go back and read the, particularly the Gospels and Acts again. And shortly after, I found myself visiting somebody, uh, a relative in hospital, and people were really ill there. And they weren't lying nicely in bed. They were desperate people. Right. And this huge well of compassion rose up within me. Right. And I sensed what I now know is the voice of God. Yes. Um, saying, all you have to do is speak the name of Jesus. And I didn't understand. And it scared me to death. Yes. Back to the scriptures. And then seriously started praying about this stuff. And then starting with very tiny things, I began to pray for people. Um, and then when I found that wasn't really doing too much, I started speaking to them as though I was in the New Testament days. And right. said, in the name of Jesus, be healed. And starting with the really small things, they were. Right. They said. Yeah. I had to trust that they weren't being kind to me. Yes. Maybe some were, you know, I was still only 15, 16 years old. Right. But then my faith grew. And so I started ministering to people with more. And then onto things that were visible and saw them healed. And then from then on, um, God's blessing just flowed. Second part of your question, what do I think the purpose of it is? I have a sense that that there's been a little bit of misdirection on this. Right. Um, I've just been reading, in fact, um, a, a modern history of Pentecostalism and charismatic Christianity. And I found, uh, as I find talking to leaders anyway, it can get easily skewed because the purpose of it is really simple. It's to heal the sick. Yeah. 
That's the purpose of it. The point is that the, the compassion of Jesus is the compassion of his father. And, and Jesus wasn't going around looking for the opportunities to do mighty works, um, to create signs of the kingdom. Although, of course, they were signs of the kingdom. But it wasn't the purpose. The central purpose was to stop hurting people hurting. Because that's the nature of God. That's the nature of God. He yeah. is he's just head over heels crazily in love with people. He's a father. And he wants to take the pain away from his children. That's the purpose. And, and in the release of healing and doing that, it reveals also the father's heart. Yes. Which is love and compassion. And so that enables us to turn and say, ah, you see, this is what the kingdom of God is like. This is what it means when it says that one day we will come to that place where there is no more pain, no more sickness, no more tears, no more death. And he will wipe every tear away from their life, uh, from their eyes. It's about the, the fulfillment of the kingdom, but it's breaking in now. These things are signs of it. But that's not the purpose. Those are the things that are signifies, but the purpose is to release the people who are hurting. Uh, no, I, I, I love that. My experience has been that um, it's all about love. It's all about encountering God's love and us being um, channels for God's love because that's who he is, as you say. He's a, he's a good father who wants to um, restore and bless and take away the pain from his children. Yeah. Um, and the deep... Sometimes the pain is there because it draws attention to the deep things that are not being paid attention to, which yeah. is why in the sovereignty of God, sometimes I find, I think the healing hasn't happened like I would have expected it to, but because God wants something deeper in terms of healing. Um, but, but I love how you've expressed that core primary purpose because we, we, we can, people can tie themselves up in theological knots, as you know. Oh, yes. Do you know, I have this thing that um, if I'm invited to speak in a, a so-called healing conference, um, one of the earliest things I managed to say is, have you got a really solid framework of theological understanding about how healing works? And I see lots of people nodding, you, oh yes, yes. And then I say, because if you have, I can tell you it's wrong. Right. Because there's mystery in this. Amen. Amen. I, uh, how we could ever think we could fully understand how the sovereign maker and creator of the world works. Now and again, I think I have a clue and then, and then God does something or I hear of some healing and I go, that's interesting. I, I collect different ways in which I hear God heals. I'm up to about 40 at the moment. Right. And everyone breaks out of any box. Yes. Well, I think you could put God in a box. And there are clearly things you can learn that might help and facilitate us flowing with God and seeing healing. But to turn anything to a rule or oh. to think we can explain it. Yes. Yeah. So I, I'm intrigued by your, your personal calling, uh, Roy, and what God has been calling you to do, you sense, and, and how he's been using you um, 
could you say a bit more about that? Because um, I know that 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 emphasis you brought about blessing and, and releasing God's blessing is, which often includes healing, but is so much wider. Is 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 uh, I think a real gift to the body of Christ. Well, it, it, I'm always intrigued by, by the Christians who right. find who find themselves challenged when I talk about blessing, because that, that's the sort of centre in many ways uh, of what I minister about to the church, but also to not yet Christians. Yeah. Because the reason I'm challenged is because so many Christians tell me you shouldn't bless not yet Christians. Really? Yeah. And sometimes, you know, I, I, I don't get hate mail uh, in terms of writing, but I do verbally. Um, you, you mustn't talk about God's blessing. God's angry with them. They're lost in their sins. Um, you know, he's holding his wrath back. Um, how dare you? And you say, yeah, that's why Jesus said that God sends the, 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 the rain on the, the righteous and the unrighteous, the just and the unjust alike. God is indiscriminately with his love, his desire to bless. When was it that he rescued us? Paul makes it plain. He rescued you and me when we were far from him, when we were lost in our trespasses and sins. What's the difference then between where we were and the currently not yet believers around us? God desires to bless. And again in the New Testament, it says God blessed us by sending Jesus. This is just the overwhelming passion of God to bless. So, Although I've been involved in the healing ministry for 50 years, I have actually been involved in, in mission, in clear evangelism, and seen thousands of people over the years come to the Lord. Um, and healing is part of that, because yes. for me you can't separate it. Yeah. So if somebody tried to introduce me as a healing evangelist, I would say, sorry, that's not who I am. I'm a witness to the resurrection of Jesus. And I want to talk to you about the heart of the Father, the glory of the Son, and the, the wonderful presence of the Holy Spirit, and the glory of God when it all comes together, because you're invited into this today. And so, um, although we've seen amazing movements and sustained movements of God at other times in our ministry. Um, at Falder Brennan, we saw in, in terms of sustained and intense pres uh, presence, that lasted over 10 years. I mean, it was, it was something quite stunning. But that's only one part of our story. Mm. But when I was really pushed to write, and give God glory by telling the stories and declaring his wonderful works, um, which was the, the point of the book. Um, it was very much the story of his activities that, that grabbed people. But the next book, which was The Way of Blessing, told more up-to-date stories, but tried to begin to open up this concept of blessing. Because we bless people. Well, we bless people by doing things, but we speak blessings. And sometimes we see extraordinary healing take place when we say, I bless you in the name of Jesus. 
and we found that very interesting too. Yeah. Could you tell us one or two of those stories? Um, yeah, we had, we had somebody come to us uh, and they said, I'm just so desperate, I'm just so desperate. Um, I just need God to come and um, started to, to tell us this vast catalogue of disaster and pain in their life. And uh, it looked as though this was going to take all day and all night to get through. And not being rude, but because I heard the Holy Spirit, I want to make that plain. I said, can I just stop you where you are for a moment? Uh, yes. I said, before we do anything else, I would just like to bless you in the name of Jesus. And, uh, oh, okay. Now, I, I want to make it plain that for us, blessing somebody in the name of Jesus or blessing a place, uh, a community, an area, is not about speaking nice words. That, they're better than horrible words, but blessing is ministry. It takes place when the Holy Spirit is active. So I looked at this person in the eye and I said to them, in the name of Jesus, I bless you, that the blessing of God may flow through every part of your life right now. And they went, oh, 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 excuse me, I've got to go. I said, well, yeah, that's fine. What about all your, oh, forget about that lot. Oh, God's just done it. Oh, yeah. thank you, thank you, and ran out of the building. <laughs> Never seen them since. No. Somebody else came up, and when I saw them, this is in a ministry situation, I felt the Holy Spirit say, have your wife with you. So I called Daphne, my wife, to stand with me. And uh, this lady started to... Um, to hum and ha, and I looked at her. She was considerably younger than us. And I said, would you like me to go away and leave you with Daphne, woman to woman? No, it's okay. And uh, I said, okay, I'm just going to bless you in the name of Jesus. Mm. And so I did a similar thing. You know, it's not word for word. It's, it's, it's not a, a program. But in the name of Jesus and in the power of the Holy Spirit, I bless you that the blessings of God may touch the deep places of your life, your body, your mind and your spirit. And down she went on the floor. Now, that's not particularly normally the way that I minister. Right. But that's what happened. It was just a spontaneous thing. Problem is that an hour later she was still there. And they, the team... Uh, hoovered around her. They were waiting to lock up and, and eventually she sort of stirred. And um, what happened was that she contacted us a couple of days later. In fact, before she did, we started getting, getting calls from the city, uh, church ministers in the city where she, uh, where she lived, saying, right. what on earth happened to so-and-so? They knew her. Right. And um, she had been the, the subject of physical abuse as a youngster, as many have, sadly. Yeah, sadly, yeah. And she was physically damaged through those experiences. 
uh, as well as mentally. And God just stepped in and did a miracle in her heart and her mind, but right. in her physical body as well, and set her free. And you just say, thank you, Lord. Thank you. So what we did, we produced, uh, I, I work in terms of writing with my colleague, uh, Dave Roberts, who's uh, famous as a writer and Christian journalist on his, yes. on his own. And uh, so together we produced something we call the, the Blessings Course, which is a seven-part video plus workbook thing. Um, quite simple, straightforward, but intensely practical. How do I, if I'm not yet a Christian, how do I step into the blessings of God? What does that mean? And how do I know that I have? Right the way through, so how do I bless other people in the power of the Spirit? How do I bless places in the power of the Spirit in Jesus' name? See things happen. And the testimonies back from churches is wonderful. Right. Uh, it's interesting because I, I work in the, in the marketplace. I'm an organisational consultant. And um, obviously praying for people explicitly yes. is... Uh, unless they invite it, I, I do sometimes say this, you know, side up to them and say, Look, this may sound strange, but I'm uh, I'm a Christian in my church. We pray for people with problems like yours and sometimes they get healed. Yes. Mind if I pray for you. Um, it, it's happened a couple of times to orthopedic surgeons with back problems. And, things like that. Oh. and I'm thinking because I do lots of work in healthcare, and I'm feeling like, what on earth are you doing, Alistair? But um I find people, when it's the prompting of the Holy Spirit, people are open to that and receptive. But usually to pray, to speak blessing, is, yeah. is in a sense um, much, almost easier. Oh, yeah. Prompted by the Holy Spirit and led by the Holy Spirit, as you've described, very powerful because it, it's that heart of God, isn't it? Um, yeah. yeah. So what a... Could you share one or two of the things you've, you've, you've heard back where people uh, have been empowered and stepped out from that? Oh, um, yes. Um, I'm, I think the first, the, the course has only been out for just every year. Um, I think the very first feedback we got um, I think it was actually from a Baptist church right. uh, uh, minister, was that they'd had a long-standing problem in the area. I don't know what their problem was, right. um, but it was a significant issue. And they had interceded and cried out to God, and they'd just been unable to see a shift in this. And they did the course, um, and they said, let's add blessing to yes. interceding. And there was an instant change, an instant release. So that sounded pretty good. But went, what went on from there was just a multitude of things. Um, uh, people started, uh, started doing this, um, started doing the course. For some of them, church members or church attendees came to a, knowledge, a saving knowledge of Jesus right. in the very first section. Right. Um, which encourages me no end, because it's the work of the Holy Spirit from beginning to end. Amen. Um, now, we've heard so much of that. 
what really, really excites me is the number of people who've gone on from leading a church group or being part of a church group who've done this to saying, I want to, to lead a group with my friends. And some of their friends on purpose are not yet Christians. Right. Um, and they've come to a saving knowledge of Jesus. Um, and I know of, of numerous people scattered across the, the country, uh, but internationally now as well, who lay people, if I can use that term, um, but uh, who started off perhaps leading a, a, a once a week group, who went on, even before it finished, they were so, so excited that they started a second one during the week. Oh, wow. Too. But I know that there are people who are, ring, who are running four or five different ones a week because they can't stop multiplying it because they've never seen people come to faith like it. And it's so easy and it's so acceptable to talk about God's love and his compassion, his desire to bless. And of course, these people aren't necessarily convicted of their sins. And at some point, they will need to be. But they're being one to the Father. They're being one to the Lord Jesus in response to incredible love. And the work of the Holy Spirit is to convict of sin. It's not my uh, job to do that or, or yours, I said. It's the work of the Holy Spirit. And um, shame is a much bigger picture I think for people at the moment, yeah. than a consciousness of sin. Yes, yes. And the lifting of shame and the acceptance by the Father. It, it, it was interesting. I was talking to somebody uh, earlier about traditionally evangelicals have led with the cross always. Yes. And then, in a sense, the love of God and uh, healing and anything else might flow. Um, but actually, that isn't all the way always the way in the new testament and the way paul would have gone you know people were often healed and we know with the growth of a lot of the church outside of the west it's actually come because of people have encountered god's love whether it's prophecy or healing or something and then and then the cross and that conviction that the holy spirit brings of sin follows i mean it seems to me we have to trust god as that the best way he knows to bring people to know him and to go on the walk with him rather than our form back to our formulaic way of this is how people come to the gospel. So yes, um, that sounds like a brilliant illustration of that. Um, so uh, what, uh, what advice would you give to somebody who was listening to this about how they could um, uh, explore taking God's love, including healing to people more if they're, they're maybe a bit unsure. Yes. They kind of maybe like me. They've read the Bible and they've gone, but Jesus went round healing people, and he seems to have passed that command actually onto his disciples. Yes. Um, I'm not necessarily seeing it in my current life or my current church. What can I do to try and respond to actually what's in the Word of God? What would advice would you give? Um. I. I would probably, if, if, if you were the, the hearer of this podcast um, and uh, we were talking together, I'd probably say to you, why don't you, first of all, keep 
reading the Gospels, uh, the Synoptic Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and the Book of Acts. Maybe start with Luke, go, go on to Acts, um, because he was a physician. He had such a, an interest in the healing aspect, and so he described things as an inquiring physician might and it's helpful for us, remembering that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I will keep just feeding on that, um, seeing and recognizing the heart of God in that. Secondly, take your heart to God and ask him to purify your motives, because it's so easy to become self-centered in this, self-focused, uh, and to talk about power. Um, I would love the power to do this. Well, read about Simon, and not Simon Peter, the other Simon, who yeah. saw the power and said, I want to get that power and see what happened to him. Um, so purify your heart and say, Father, I, I don't want to be on a power trip with this. I don't want to be on a fame, a success trip with this. I don't want status through this. Actually, I want to become humble like Jesus was. Yeah. And, uh, and so purify my heart, but fill me with compassion yes. for the people who are hurting. Yes. And then in my compassion for them, will you move with your compassion? And through my hand, through my voice, will you reach out to them? And I also warn people then that what almost always happens when we say, Lord, I want to explore this, is somebody with something physically visible and really big or terminal cancer, somebody who really hasn't got much time to live, will come up before you and you will want to minister to them. You've never, you've never prayed for a, a minor headache, but you want to tackle that terminal. Uh, but... That's a pattern. And both the world circumstances and the devil will throw those things up to try and stop us in our tracks. We need to stay within the amount of faith we have. So I would counsel people to begin by the smallest thing. Ask God to raise these things up. God, oh, I've got a little bit of a headache. Oh, that's, that's not visible. It's just a little bit of a headache. You might ask the person a question, you know, do you get headaches like that very often? Maybe, sometimes. Right. Um, would you mind if I just um, tell that headache to go away? And then what I would always say in any situation is I always use the name of Jesus. Is that okay with you? And almost everybody will say, yeah, that's fine. But I always ask for their permission first. And then say, headache in the name of Jesus, I command you to leave this person now. Go now. And then I carry on talking to, I would carry on talking to the person for a, a few minutes about the weather or what they're doing at the moment or whatever. And they say, by the way, how's your headache? And sometimes I say, well, not bad, but nearly always they are likely to say, headache? Oh, that's funny. That's really, well, it's gone. I, I don't know where that went. Okay, 
be encouraged, have a little bit of faith. Next time somebody says, I've got a little bit of a headache, you've been there before. Yeah. You know what God can do. Don't be cocky about it. Don't be self-confident. Be God-confident. And say, Father, in your heart, you've done this before. Would you do it again? So go through the same thing. Would you mind? And tell it to go in the name of Jesus. Don't make a big thing of it. If, if, particularly if they're not yet a believer, don't lay hands on them. Don't start to pray. Don't draw attention. Don't raise your arms in the air on a busy street corner, um, which I've seen people do before now. Just be normal. Just be you. You don't have to do any of that stuff. Just quietly speak to the headache. Tell it together. And we can use normal English, can't we? Absolutely normal English. It's just you and me talking together. Yeah. Yeah. And the Holy Spirit uh, prompting and guiding and and doing the work that's yeah. amazing it's an amazing learning to walk in partnership which is what you've uh, we we've be really appreciated hearing from you and your experience of Lord. Okay. would you pray for the folks that are listening to this um it would be it would be wonderful if you could bless us um as we close i'd really appreciate that thank you i'll do those two things then i'll pray briefly and then i'll i will bless thank you so first of all, Father, I thank you for every person who is listening to this podcast. Father, would you purify everybody's heart and purify my heart of wretch, Father, that we may not be looking for anything but your glory, that we may die to our own sense of glory or seeking for power, but make us servants, Father, every one of us, mm-hmm. Father, stir up your compassion through us. Increase the desire in us to minister your saving love, your healing for the hurting. I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And then eyeball to eyeball um, for or ear to ear, everyone who is watching any of this or listening to this uh, on the podcast. I bless you now in the name of Jesus. That the blessing of the Father Almighty may come and rest freshly on you. I bless you in the name of Jesus that those things that have encumbered you, pressed you in, weighed you down, may be broken off you this moment in the name of Jesus, that you may be liberated in the Father's love right now. I bless you to know in the name of Jesus that he has heard your prayers of desperation from the first moment that you uttered them. And right now I loosen you in the name of Jesus. And I bless you in Jesus' name that you may know the Father's face shining upon you. That you may discover his glorious presence in his written word as well as in the living word, Jesus. And I bless you in the name of Jesus that the Holy Spirit may come upon you, flood your heart, flood your spirit. And guide you and counsel you as you explore moving forward in the healing ministry. 
I bless you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. That was great to hear from Roy and so grateful for his time and his encouragement. And wasn't it great to be blessed by him? So this week's question, uh, somebody asked me recently, Alistair, earlier in my Christian life, I was really on fire for God and I really believed and went for healing. But over time, I found that I'm just really not sure anymore and I kind of lack faith for healing. I believe in Jesus and I love him dearly, but I kind of lack faith for healing. What should I do? Well, there's four things I just want to say briefly. First is that God's not changed. His word's not changed. And his command and encouragement to us to heal people in his name, his authority with his love hasn't changed. The second is that stuff happens to us over time. And uh, if we don't deal with disappointment and things that happen, it can be easy to retreat from taking risk and stepping out in faith. So I'd encourage people to seek uh, ministry for themselves that allow the Holy Spirit to come and bring healing. There are various people you can reach out to who will lead you in Holy Spirit ministry that can deal with those issues where they arose that have, that are taking away and robbing you of your uh, faith for healing. The third is I would build yourself up by listening to testimony and encouragement, reading it, watching it online, um, just helps to build faith of what God can do, even using uh, ordinary believers like you and me. And uh, the final thing I'd say is to is to seek to be around Holy Spirit filled gatherings of God's people, uh, receive impartation, just go into those atmospheres that lift our faith once again for what God can do. I hope that's encouraging. I pray for you that that's if that's you, God would reignite faith in your hearts to step out, take risks, to pray for people and see what God does. Well, thank you for listening to this episode one of series two. I hope you've enjoyed it. May God bless you. May you in, he encourage you. Uh, look out for next week's episode uh, two with Ian Andrews, where we'll be hearing more about his journey into healing, his lifelong ministry. I pray that it would encourage you and equip you, just as hopefully this week's episode has done. And may God bless you as you step forward faithfully in seeking him. Amen. Amen.